He's got all day. He's got Brown. He's got a touchdown. Fournette. Touchdown. That was easy. Touchdown Fournette. He's got his second of the game. Hurts has room. Has speed. Has a touchdown. It is a six-point game. After that two-point conversion. And the Buccaneers at kneel down time. That's right. Thursday night football, 28-22. The defending champion Bucks get it done. And the best highlight we could close with was a kneel down. It was that kind of night, Nate Tice. Looking like a slightly more weathered Justin Herbert with his backwards hat. There really is a resemblance here. Good to have you back on the show, Nate, of the Athletic Football Podcast. And like so many others, Nate, you were sweating out that final score. You sent me earlier in the day. Yes, I'll do the show, but I'll just be in a bad mood if the Bucks don't cover six and a half points. Now we can't do that as NFL employees, but that's not, not you, Nate Tice. Tell me about tell me about your pain because I feel like that was the most exciting part of the end of this game. Yeah, you also get Nate after dark, so you get the you get the backwards hat. That's that's me just going. I'm not putting product in. Screw this. I haven't gotten a haircut in three months. I'm not. This is hat yeah, hat right. backwards hat. But no, I. Uh, one of my adages this uh, this season, as a as a newly abled, uh, newly enabled person that can gamble on sports now, since I'm not no longer affiliated with the team, nor is my dad. Um, I, I one of my angles has been betting against the Eagles the, la- the throughout mm. the season, and the last couple of weeks it has now bitten me twice. Um, luckily, there's this thing uh, called live betting where uh, the the spread got changed to five and a half in the middle of the game. So I was able to uh, hedge a little bit. I thought I was doubling down, but it turned out to be a hedge. Wow. <laughs> once, uh, yeah, once the Eagles went for two and I made it a six point game. That was you probably heard me screaming. Somebody, everybody within <laughs> a five mile radius of Vegas heard me screaming. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Nate, of course, lives in Vegas, so it's easy for him to get it down. But that, this is what a lot of people were talking about online because ultimately it wasn't that exciting a game. It was 28-7. to It's a 21-point game. Just felt like uh, another Bucks game where they get touchdowns too easy, where life seems too easy. And then again, it turned into another Eagles game where Jalen Hurts uh, puts some some late touchdowns and you know shows again that he has the biggest gap between his fantasy value and his real life value of any player I can really think of it in a long time, because there's a lot of places we, we, we should talk about this game seriously. Um, but I, I think what a lot of what I'm thinking of watching this game is just thinking about like, what are the Eagles and what is Jalen hurts? And after, after six weeks, I, I'm struggling with it. I, I'm struggling with what is jail. Who is Jalen hurts right now to you as, as an ex quarterback? I'm not a quarterback. You were an ex quarterback. <laughs> But you have the column, so it kind of, yeah. you know, that kind of gives you more credence than I do. I just have a sub stack talking about offensive line play. The no, the the I, I would I look at Hertz as more of a high end backup spot starter, and that's kind of what you saw tonight. Uh, he can create some plays with his legs, but what you saw tonight, and I think more people saw a complete game of Jalen Hurts in the Eagles' offense as opposed to maybe seeing red zone some highlights and then looking at the fantasy scores and going. 
hey, this guy, hey, he's hey, he's putting up 24 points for me on fantasy. This guy must be pretty good. It's the Blake Bortles award. I think I think that's what it mm. is. It's the uh, I'm not putting Jalen Hurts in the Blake Bortles category, but at least that fantasy award. Um, I, I just see him. He creates. I mean, Blake legs. Bortles, to be fair, p- put up like an entire season once his second season where at the end of it, everyone was like, hmm. Did he that finish a QB one good. or something? Blake, Blake Bortles <laughs> is pretty good. That that I I was one of those people. So just yeah. just putting that out there. But I could see Hertz getting on a hot streak like that. I think people are burying him almost too quickly. But this is this game is similar to a lot of Hertz games this year. I think this was a particularly rough one. But mm-hmm. he goes through long stretches where they just don't move the ball, and and then he'll get hot. And he in theory is a good runner, but I don't know if he has great instincts of when to run and when to leave the pocket. Um, and his, his deep ball is like one of the most exciting plays in the NFL. He throws about seven of them a game. You never know what's going to happen. Usually the ball goes off Jalen Rager's hands at some point. There's a lot of pen, like there's a lot of penalties and sometimes sometimes guys go out of bounds. Sometimes it's inbounds. Um, it's just like a lot. You, you never really know what's going to happen. It's like pulling that, that jackpot lever. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's Baylor's offense for years and years was this, it was go balls and screens. And that's what it kind of just seems like. It's Mm -hmm. always alarms me. I always look up the, like the little advanced stats and I'm like, Oh, his average depth of targets probably like two yards, but it's always super high because he just chucks up those go balls <laughs> throughout the game. So it just gets inflated throughout the game. Um, but that is, I mean, that's what the offense has been throughout the season. They had a great game plan against the the Falcons because the Falcons were Dean Peace and he was trying to blitz them. And that's like the worst thing you do against this because it just all those bubbles have space to work. And I think throughout the year, more and more teams were just like, let's just sit here and make them you know, make him try and actually progress on these concepts because there's a couple times you can see tonight where Hertz Hertz drops back and then he's like one one reads not open, he starts scrambling. And I think that's a great point you brought up. It's not like Russell Wilson scrambling. Like it's a different feel to it. It's like, oh it, it's a panic as opposed to like I'm creating. And that's right. kind of it happens over a, and over. When it's a design running play or he's just on the edge, you know, looking to get up the sideline, obviously yeah. he's a good runner. But that there's a difference between <laughs> that. Yeah, it's kind of like Daniel Jones a little bit. Like, I don't consider yeah. Daniel Jones, like, a great runner. Yeah. He's really fast. And if you call the right play, like, he can hit it. But I yeah. don't think he has great instincts of when to run. And maybe Jalen Hurts can make you miss a little bit more. But right now, it seems like the rest of Jalen Hurts is scrambling so much um, that he doesn't have the feel. And they haven't integrated yeah. his running into the offense and I am I am the last guy that is like run the ball more guy I've never been that guy and yet this but. Eagles team watching them even against the Bucks, who I know have a great rush defense you you do feel like this team's so good at running the ball when they do it they're, yes. they, they're very efficient they rank high that you you would think they could integrate Hertz but it just hasn't happened and tonight it didn't happen and he ends up with under 50 percent completion and yes the final score ends up being 28 22 but this this looked like as big of a mismatch as as we kind of expected going in and that's how the flow of it felt and, and that's uh the run game of the Eagles has been so frustrating I'm sure as Miles Sanders fantasy owners could tell you but it's the Going from the Cowboys game a couple of weeks ago to uh, last week, uh, you know, just against Carolina, like they could, they will be able to run. Like you'll see a couple of good plays and then they're just like, ah, screen. 
bubble screen, receiver screen, and then, you know, uh, screen bubbles, you know, pump the screen and throw a go ball off of it. And it's like they just abandon it. As soon as one of those zone reads or one of those read plays stops working, they're just like, oh, screw this now. We can't run the ball. And actually, it's funny you say that because it, in theory, they actually look okay running the ball. Like they actually look good. They're like, top five. They're top five in yards per carry. I mean, Miles Sanders I, is a good runner. Gainwell's a good runner. Like both of them. They have a good offensive line in theory when it's healthy. I don't know if yes. Lane Johnson's coming back anytime soon, which is a, a huge problem that's kind of been under the radar that mm-hmm. and just lumped in with the injuries. He has some sort of personal issue, and and Sirianni said he doesn't know if he's going to be back this year. So that's a concern. That's a lot of time we just spent on the Eagles offense and a 2-4 and four team that's probably not going anywhere. We should give uh, a little love uh, to the, the winning team here. Uh, it's like that first drive of the game with the Bucks. And Brady's throwing those in cuts to Evans and Godwin. My my first thought was, you know, they're like no one gets twenty yards as easily as the Bucks. No. And someone who really understands the schematics and understands Brady and these guys, like, wh- why does it look so easy? Why does their twenty yards look easier than anyone else's? And why does their like opening drive touchdown drives look so much easier than everyone else's? Because like if we've watched Brady for years, everything comes out right on time. So they're making this incredibly hard offense look incredibly easy. And that's what mm. it, it just what you're saying. But like in a this offense is it, it's pushing the ball. It's at you always passing the game and running the ball. And I think I think a good good way to put it is last week against the Dolphins. Like this is just one little play. Most teams will run a uh, if you get man coverage and you're trying to run something outside, you run a stop route, which is 10 to 12 yards. Hey, throw it up there, pin it on them. You've seen DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams catch these this year. They run a deep hinge at 24 yards with Mike Evans. He's selling a go all the way down. And then Tom Brady's just throwing it out. Seven step drop back stuff, like old school offense, but not, mm. not a play, not like most play fakes are seven step concepts. They're not even play faking. They're just dropping back seven steps and Brady's finding the right guy and it comes out on time. So it's like old school. It, like what? Who who else was running this back in the day? Is this like Warren right, old school Nor- North Turner <laughs> yeah. 90s kind of yeah. Cowboys? Maybe I think that's maybe a good comparison. Um, Air Cordell, like, <laughs> like right. if you want to go way back, like that's kind of what it is. And it's very. Uh, yeah, it's all the old school seven step stuff. And then all the run game is just. Uh, uh, it's duo, which is power, power without the polar, and then zone. It's like they just don't dress it up too much. It's a simple motion that's man or zone tell, and then it's like going from there. It's like okay, we'll just push the ball with digs and overs and posts as opposed to slants and outs. So it's like this. It's just very vertical. And I think and is it stat- like is it in theory predictable? Like is it a little more like the the Colts? Not like it's like the old Colts offense, but the Colts offense was an execution offense. Yeah, it was ne- like in, and I think as fans. And I'm and I'm guilty of this. It gets so caught up of like which coaches are like being really creative or tricking the other team. In but then you think of those Colts offenses, which are some of the greatest offenses yeah. of all time, which was the most predictable offenses they ran I've like ever five seen. plays, right? And it worked. <laughs> and are, are the Bucks like a little bit like that? I would say a little bit like that. And that's what Arians kind of does. It's good concepts. If there, there's a few concepts that have like answers to everything, but the problem with them is that you have to protect or you have to have guys that win one-on-ones or et cetera if they want to play certain coverages. 
the Bucks have all those guys and they can protect. So they're able to do, they have all the cogs to run this type of offense. And it's just like, I think that's the best way to put it. It's just like those old Colts offenses, seriously. Cause it's just like, they only run like seven concepts and then they're just like, okay, we're going to do it out two tight ends. And then next play, we'll do three wide receivers. And next now play, they're like, now they've gotten more reps at it too. And yep. you watch tonight and OJ Howard looks better. Gronk's not even playing. Like that's right, but I, I I've watched <laughs> Howard pretty closely this year, and he hasn't moved well. And I think he's moving better. Aikman yeah. said said as much. I, I really think that could help them a lot. Yes. Antonio Brown. I don't know if he's moving better, but he seems to be approaching peak whatever twenty twenty one Antonio Brown is. I saw someone. Yeah tweet out it's like this is the best antonio brown's ever looked no, no. you could you could say that about a brady if you really wanted to get cute like he's producing at as about as high a level as as he ever has he's yeah to me he's the best quarterback yeah. in the league right now and so so whatever but he was doing that 10 years ago he, antonio brown is not near where he was antonio brown's the greatest receiver i've ever seen I, that's my personal opinion at his at his peak at his peak he was he he is not there but he's kind of getting there now. I think he's now their leading receiver on the season, even though he missed uh, a game. <laughs> missed a game? It's, well, it's, they're, it's outrageous. It's not fair. They, they, they get to switch Godwin and him and Brown because they both can work from the slot and outside. So it's just kind of like pick your poison. It's like, it's like uh, and the, not only do they have three awesome receivers, it's like all of them like synergize really well. It's like, it's not fair. Like Antonio Brown's your, sometimes your third targeted receiver. And it's like I, last week against the Dolphins, it was like eight targets, eight targets, eight targets, or like 10 targets, 10 targets, eight targets, something like that between Godwin, Evans and Brown. And it's like, just right. Pick well, a, Evans pick went two for 27 this week. So I can almost guarantee you he's going over a hundred next week. That's basically oh, what it does. They just, it, he's like, okay, he didn't get a taste this week. I got to hook, hook him up. Uh, you know who I was thinking about watching this game? was Tom Coughlin and David Caldwell, the former uh, Jaguars GM. And I was thinking they're watching Lenny Fournette light up the Eagles, get to, what, 127 yards and two touchdowns from scrimmage. And they were thinking, see, we were right. We were right to go with Lenny and Bortles instead of drafting Mahomes. Never wrong. A little underrated moment in NFL history there that no one really gives them grief for. That everyone was like, "Oh yeah, that was that was fine. Let's take Fournette instead of drafting a quarterback because we're totally um, we're totally in on Bortles." Extended Bortles too, and then did that. That Right. I think the extension was like a year later, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. So it was a nice double whammy. I think that was the same draft. CMC came out. You didn't even get the best. (laughs) Like it's just you know, there's a couple other. You know what, Lenny? Lenny looks. I do think Lenny looks best. better than he's ever looked in his career right now. Because he's catching the ball. That's the that that helped. he led the league in drop percentage last year, which was pretty crazy. Uh, but but, he, uh, he, but he's a little. He slimmer. does look good. He's he does moving good. a little better. He's running people over. He's obviously in a good situation, but like he's a legit good starting running back, like a very yes. good starting running back right now. Halloween Lenny. Yeah, Halloween Lenny looks good. He really does. He he does look about like, like last week. I mean, it just looks so much skinnier and better. It's it's crazy. What else is there to say about this this uh, Bucks team? You were making fun of Troy Aikman a little bit. What was it that Troy was bothering you about? Was- he didn't bother me. It was just it was more like salt in the wound that not only were the Eagles going for two to also cover that I had to hear Troy Aikman try to misunderstand the math for when to go for two when you're down 14 and then you score a touchdown. And and it was just hearing Aikman and Buck 
get confused mm. about that really kind of was buck, like buck had it nailed buck actually like heard he the got people there. on analytics uh like yelling at him in his mentions and explained it all for him but quez <laughs> killed you quez um ruined uh your your child's college fund quez took a lot of money out of the pockets we'll of bucks investors made a tough catch on that two buck conversions i gotta say quez watkins is a player they i he actually is. like the watkins Devonte smith even rager a little bit um group i don't know if they all make sense together but quez watkins is a player you got some players in philly it's just it's just not gonna happen for you this year i also enjoyed troy calling um now i'm forgetting his name uh oh he butchered the name oh what was it it was the d tackle right yeah he called them Uh, noches roaches Buenos Noches Roaches. Uh, <laughs> he called them Noches Roaches. But I don't have like his right name. It's like so a Chris no, Burman nickname. That's what I'm he's no, going I'm for. I'm no better either. Um, you mentioned the uh, sub stack earlier. That was very subtle. That was good. It actually got double mentioned because Mark Sessler brought it up. He's a subscriber as well. He is. Um, Thank you, Mark. But, but tell me about the sub stack. The sub stack, it's, it's for the kids, you know? It's, it's yeah. for the young kids. I'm glad you said for the kids. I thought you were about to say it's for the birds. Uh, no, but it, it's a uh, my sub stack is called the Silent Count. Got to get a little football reference in there. And yeah, I, I as opposed to a Twitter thread, I decided to kind of go more long form. And my most recent articles this week was uh, or newsletters, I think is the preferred term on Substack. is uh, if you subscribe to it, I'll, you get pushed to the email or you go onto the website to read this. But I, I broke down Trey Lance's first start. Um, mm-hmm. uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, a little more optimistic about it than I thought I would be. And yeah. I also do, I've started doing a little more voiceovers on there where I can kind of break down a play, uh, with a little more. Ooh, I didn't even check. I didn't even check out the voiceovers, but I read that and that was really good. Cause I, I was good wondering job. what to think about that Lance, um, start. I felt the same way, uh, that I think there were some, some good things in there and I want, I want to see more, but people should check it out. I, I am a subscriber. Nate is, uh, yes, you are. A busy man. This is his third podcast of the day. Wait, I don't get it though. You you do the athletic, you know, and fo- and then I did show. a, I did an air, I did a the Cleveland's athletic podcast. Okay, okay. And then, you, so you that was another one on I did. Someone else's podcast. So Correct. Nate, um, is one of the best in the business. Oh. Um, he is. Thanks, you know, <laughs> like that. I like to call him the Cordell Patterson of the uh, the NFL media landscape like he can do everything and no one's exactly sure how to use him and he's just waiting for his arthur smith to come on board i just don't know when we're gonna have you on again so i just want to get corderell in because me and you have you know long talked about how every coach gets corderell disease they have a they they have a game or two where they think they they think they've really got we something. It, it works at first, and then it's diminishing returns the rest of the year. But I was in London, and I'm watching Corderell Patterson, <laughs> and this is like the sixth straight week he's been a baller, and he finally found his home. So I think there's a lesson in there somewhere. Like if you've got a skill set and people just keep trying and they can't figure it out, you never know. Maybe yeah. you just need to find your Arthur, Arthur Smith. Nate. Some of us peak after thirty. You know, you just gotta find. <laughs> you just gotta find your calling. He's a badass. Can you can you explain it for me? I mean, well, why not? I, right now. I don't know. It was. I knew Arthur Smith like Patterson. He caught the he caught the pathogen. Whatever, whatever the the Cordero pathogen. He caught it when on the first drive, Falcons drive of the season. They lined him up at running back, fullback, wing tight end, and receiver on the first drive. And I was like, oh boy, he caught he caught a full blown. He caught he, it he bad, got a, but this time uh, it's going both both ways. He is he is a legitimate weapon who has changed is. their offense. And there was a moment in that game 
And I know we're way off topic here, and we're gonna we're gonna Spring. say goodbye soon. It wasn't that great a game, where you know Patterson picks up a key first down to basically salt the game away. I forget which Jets safety or cornerback it was, but he tried to give him a little business, and I'm standing on the sideline like a real sideline reporter, and. <laughs> You know, they give him, he gives a little shove extra at the end to Corderell as they're going out of bounds. And Corderell's a big guy. Big dude. Corderell just freaking shut, gives him a forearm to the neck and pushes him off him, just like, get off me. I'm a man. And I was like, <laughs> damn, that's my guy, Corderell. <laughs> that's my guy. Because it just, the other, the, the little cornerback, he, he shuffled off and it was just like, don't even mess with me, hitting me out of, out of, out of bounds. And it was. It was something. They move fast, these big NFL guys in person. They do. It's very impressive. And a guy like Patterson, too, like you said, he's more put together than you realize. Oh, he's, like he's, he's 230. He is, uh, he is a yeah. beast. He, he broke the like testing in the Raiders they had. like They had some force testing, and he was like banging. like He had like a quad injury, and he still did it, and he like shattered their record for it with a quad <laughs> injury. And it was like, they're like, and I remember the strength coach going like, he's put together, guys. Like he's <laughs> He was pretty athletic. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why we signed him. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Nate Tice, you said it all. You are the man. And uh, so is uh, Rakeem Nunez Roaches. I was feeling bad about that. We never gave him uh, his actual name. You know, great, great backup defensive tackle, Rakeem yeah. Nunez Roaches, um, who was called um, by Troy Aikman, Roaches Noaches. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why. That really made me laugh. Well, you know, you need something to get us uh, through the night. Get you through it. Who knows? The Lenny Fournette glow up. He's only 26 years old. We're all getting better as we're getting older. Nate Tice's I am. We will be back on uh, Sunday and try to do better on our Sunday recap show. Until then, heed the cough.